Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. Please enjoy this message by our lead pastor, Greg Siemens. Take your Bibles and uh, go to Nehemiah chapter 13. And I want to talk to you about, I, I started a, a, a series. I never know that there are, there are actually series, a series, until I actually get almost done with it, and then I call it a series. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I do everything backwards um, when it comes to that kind of stuff. And so um, we talked about thoughts on worship, thoughts on, on family, and then the next two weeks I want to talk to you about thoughts on money. Anyone interested in thoughts on money? Okay, none of you. All right. So, um, now I wasn't raised in the church. I was, well, technically I was. I was raised in the Catholic church, and we went to service twice a year, Easter and Christmas. Uh, we were faithful. And um, I, I did go to catechism, and I did go to, I did go, I didn't want to be a priest, thank God. Um, because I remember when I was in eighth grade, there was a room full of Catholic students, and the priest asked a question and said, how many of, here, how many of you here want to be a priest? And he was really proud, like, not proud like an arrogant, but proud to be a priest, right? And nobody lifted their hand. And I, I told my friend, I'm getting married. <laughs> I'm, I, I got too much Portuguese in me, you know, and uh, I'm getting married, and so... Um, then I got, I got saved when I was 16. So I haven't, I haven't heard, um, I haven't been part, I wasn't part of the, the uh, charismatic Pentecostal movement, you know, evangelical movement. I, haven't, I wasn't part of that. Um, and um, I'm, the, I'm the kind of person that integrity is like super high on my list. So um, outside of God and, you know, integrity is very close to my heart. And if you, if you come to know me, I'm the same, I'm the same everywhere I go. So, so I'm, I'm not different behind the pulpit and I, I'm at home, I'm a bear, you know, or somebody else, or um, I don't live like that. That to me is not congruent. And um, I'm a person that is as transparent as I could possibly be. And I want to try and live a real life, like in the sense of real, like just being real. And so, um, at the age of 16, when I got saved, um, like, I've been a pastor for a long time. I'm just not going to tell you how many years, because I'm always super confidential about that, because I, I look younger than I am. So, <laughs> that's when you guys are supposed to say amen, like, right, really powerfully, you're supposed to say amen, and really, you know, yeah, so it's good to be in your 40s, and... And so, yeah, back to integrity, right? So let's get back. Let's, let's get back to integrity. So, okay, I'm in my 50s. So um, I know that shocks some of you. Um, and don't say because I thought you were in your 60s, right? Uh, I know there's some people, guys especially out there who are saying that. <clears throat> I, I, run from, I run from manipulation as fast as I can. I despise manipulation. Um, I've heard too many sermons and I've been a part of too many meetings where I am completely, and godly, with godliness, triggered 
by people who are using the pulpit for their own gain. And I think that we've all been part of meetings where we've experienced that. I remember, um, I keep walking back and forth here, right? Um, I'll try and stand still for a moment. Um, I remember years ago uh, in, our, in our old building, which was in, more toward northern Fremont, there was a conference that was put on and an individual came up and there must have been, I'm telling you, there must have been only like uh, 15 people in the room. It was an afternoon session. And actually, it was a conference where I think we had Bill Johnson. We had Bill Johnson in, two, I think it was in 2002. So the night sessions were packed, right? Um, but uh, I just remember I was sitting behind the sound booth and a, a pastor was, was talking to this small group and the, half of them must have been over 60 um, or 70. And um, he, was, he was reaching into their pockets. And I got so mad. You never, anyway, it's a righteous anger, right? You're just like, what are you doing to these people, you know? And he was talking about sow a seed and don't grow a weed. And, you know, he's talking about all these. That's why I just made that up. So... <laughs> That's not out of the Word of Faith movement. That's, anyway, that's, and I just remember, I just remember, I, I almost, that was the, probably the, one of the few times where I felt like I am going to walk up right now, I'm going to close this meeting. Like, this is, this is ridiculous. Um, so I've been, I've been part of the high pressure, you know, deal. And I've, I've heard, you know, of, where pastors put, you know, PG&E bills and electric bills on the altar, and they're asking their congregation to pay bills, and, and praise God that, that we're not in that position. And when we, when we started Convergence, which was then Harvest House Church back in 1996, my prayer to the Lord was, I know I'm coming back from Oregon, back into the Bay Area. I know that we don't have anything outside of the equity in our house. And we're going to make this move, and we're going to be obedient to you. But here's, the, here's the, the prayer of faith for me. Father, I just don't want to be in debt. And I don't want our house to be in debt. And, and you know, you look at now, I'm looking at, you know, 24 years, 23 years. That was a long time ago. And we have, still have people, they're charter members, you know. They've been there a long time running with us. And, um, and I can tell you that, like, you know, we are completely debt-free. You know, we have no... We have no mortgage. And it's just kind of like, you know, and people come and people go. People move on. People go to different churches. People move to different states. People... You know, you might have been here a year, you might have been here six months, you might have been here 10 years, you might have been, you know, and every two years, it seems like we have a core, and then some, some we have new people. You know, it's almost not, not a half, I wouldn't say half, but just the nature of the Bay Area, but God's still faithful, you guys. 
God is faithful. And, and so when we built this, it was a series of transactions that took place that brought us to this point where we moved in here in 2014. And I never once had to go to our congregation and say, we're going to go into a building program. Never once. Now, I'm not against building programs. I'm not against, you know, those kinds of things. I, you know, however the way the Lord leads the man of God and the, the church that they pastor or, or she pastors, not a problem whatsoever. For me personally, I didn't want to have to go to our congregation and say, hey, we're going to, you know, build a multi-million dollar building and we need, you know, and I've known people who have put seconds on their houses and, you know, and those, and that could all just be what the Lord has, you know, told them to do. And I, I could, I, I just love being able to stand up here 24 years later, not in any kind of way of being arrogant or anything or prideful or any way, just being thankful that, that we never had to do that. And that we have a, a beautiful facility and we have, we have zero mortgage. And so that's really attributing a lot to what the Lord has provided and then being a good steward with it. And being able to say, hey, we're not going to overbuild. We're not going to put ourselves in a financial situation and keep and continue to trust um, that God's going to provide. So the foundation, when I talk about when I talk about money, the foundation of it is I'm zealous for the, the sons and daughters of God. That's where that's where I'm zealous for my own life, you know, um, and you know, what I'm saying I'm zealous for my own life. Like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a, maybe a pastor second. I'm a disciple first. I'm a, I'm a son of a heavenly father first. And I don't define myself by my title. And I don't, and I don't want to lead from my title. I want to lead um, as a son of God speaking to sons and daughters. And does that make sense to you? And that's where Ephesians 4 comes into play. Some, you know, God's given pastors, apostles, you know, pro prophets, you know, teachers, and, you know, and evangelists to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So my, I take it very seriously that I'm called to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But I can't take anybody, anybody further than I've already been. Does that make sense? In other words, when I talk about, when I talk about money, it's got to come from a place of me being congruent with what I'm teaching and what I'm speaking. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not that I have to be, you know, like, not that I got it all together, you know, but I, but I understand I've learned some really key principles. And like you, um, you know, you look at your month and you look at your you know, you look at what you, you bring in, you look at what you, what has to go out. Is that like, is that just kind of being real? Right? And so, um, pastors aren't superhuman. They put, you know, they put their clothes on the same way you do. They have families like you do. They have to raise their kids like you do. They have to look at their education like you do. You, you have all those things still in front of you and it's super important that I think um, a senior leader or a pastor needs to be real with their congregation and just, and just say, 
man, I'm, I'm in the same boat, you guys. Um, you know, so, so there are some things that I've learned um, along the way, and now I'm in my 50s because I want to be integrous <laughs> with my age, and that's all I'm going to go. But you can, you can, you know, people could just go to Facebook and find out how old I am probably. <laughs> Don't do that right now. No to social media right now. So I just want to share with you a few thoughts on it, and we'll pick it up again next week. But I, I am zealous for the kingdom of God. I am zealous for the government of God. I am zealous about revival. I am zealous about transformation. I am zealous about uh, the Lord getting the reward. I, I am zealous for that. And I'm alive for it. I'm alive to change history. I hope you're alive to change history. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be alive to just get by. Uh, there's way more to that. There's way more to life than just getting by. But for, for some of us, that's where we're, at times, that's where we're, we're at, right? And when we talk about finances, um, I don't know if this is a, still a true statistical statement, but uh, I understand that, that 85% of all divorces end because of fi finances, the issue of finances. And so Jesus spoke more about money than he spoke about any other thing. And when I talk about money, I'm talking about stewardship. So the, the first thing we have to understand is that I don't own anything. A steward doesn't own anything. A steward has been given the privilege to actually um, be responsible for the resources of the person that they're working for. So I catch myself often when I say, it's my money. It's not. Not technically. God has given me finances to steward. That puts, it, that puts perspective, that puts a lot of perspective on the finances that we carry. <laughs> can we talk about more of that, that next week maybe? We can maybe hit that more next week. All right. So I, I remember when I was filled with the Holy Spirit at the age of 19, and God called me in the full-time ministry. Now, I was at a junior college. I was on my way to being a business tycoon and, you know, owning my own business and, like, you know, being the next Steve Jobs. And anyway, um, and I actually took accounting, you know. That's how bad it was. And so um, nothing wrong with accounting, please. I'm not. And so uh, I remember taking business law. I remember taking the, the business law book was like this. And I remember just going for it. And then I went to this prayer retreat, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Lord said, you're going into full-time ministry. And... I remember being raised, my mom always telling me, isn't that funny, you still remember the, the words your parents say? Um, even when you're in your 50s, you still remember. So I remember her telling me, son, don't give to the church. The church has plenty of money. Just don't, don't, you need that money. I mean, very compassionate, like, you need that money. You know, you're starting to start your life, you know, you need the money. And my, 
My mom always believed that, you know, if you have just a little bit of religion, you're in good shape. So she didn't really understand relationship, didn't really understand this whole idea, dynamic of being born again, what that's all about. So I remember holding on to every single penny I had, and the Lord shoots me out to Bible college. So I'm in Bible college in Santa Cruz, and I'm trying to pay my tuition because my, my mom, my dad passed away. My mom didn't have the resources. And so I had to fund my own education. And so I remember, you know, going through and trying to get, you know, grants. And so I took out a couple student loans and, and you know, just trying to get myself through. So I remember the first year I was there, I was 19 years, about 20 years old at that point. And went through second year, when I was about 21 years old, I was in a, I was in a, a theology class. Everyone say theology. And theology is a long word for, it means the study of God. Theo means God. Ology means study of. So it's the study. You guys learned something today, right? So theology, study of God. All right. And so I remember um, in that dialogue that we were there, um, he challenged, he, I don't know, this whole thing about tithing came up. You know, and, and when tithing came up, you know, you start, you know, you're hitting your pencil, you start, you know, doing this. And, well, I did. Um, and because I felt like that was the big ask, you know. And so I, I listened to him, and I was challenged enough to say, okay, I'm going to do this. Because when you're in Bible college, you don't have much anyway. So 10% of what you already have is okay, right? If you only have a dollar, 10 cents, sure, here's 10 cents. You know, <laughs> I only got a dollar, no big deal, right? So I, I went ahead and I, now I'm trying to fund myself through, a, through, through Bible college. Um, and so I said, you know, it was a simple prayer, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to do it. And so I went ahead and I, and I whatever I had, I just, I just took 10% out. And I just said, and I prayed over it, right? Like, help me, God. That was the prayer, you know? It wasn't like I'm a son and daughter of the living God, you know? It was like, help me, God, you know, threw it down, all right? So that's what it was. So, so here we are, you know, and I did this for like three months, not even, not even three months. And I get this phone call from, from admissions, and they're looking for a traveling team that would actually go out and represent Bethany Bible College, that back day was Bible College, represent Bethany Bible College to different youth groups um, all around the area. And if you're selected for this traveling team, that you will get half your tuition paid. So I said, count me in, I'll apply, right? So they go ahead and select me. So after a little over a month, my tuition is cut in half. I believe it was a direct result of me stepping out and putting my resources in heaven. So the news gets even better. About two months later, now I don't know if you've ever been to college, if you ever lived at a college, but they're called resident assistants. And they're called, we call them short RAs. And RAs are responsible for an entire floor. So you are managing an entire floor of students. And it's your responsibility to settle those dudes down. 
and I'm telling you, when I was probably a sophomore, I was probably a junior at that point, and no, I was a sophomore at that point, and you get a bunch of freshmen coming in, they can love Jesus, but they can love girls too, <laughs> you know, and they're, all, they're looking for a wife, they're look, you know, they got, you know, they're doing all this stuff. You're not coming to the keyboard right away. Oh, okay, good. That's Chris. All right. So I thought that was Kenny. It's like, I don't even started yet, you know? Dun, 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 you know? Uh, <laughs> do, 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 do. All right. So anyway, um, so you had to apply for this RA thing. And I said, okay, I'm going to apply. And about a week later, they said, you've been selected to be a resident assistant on the third floor of Burnett Hall. And Burnett Hall had about 70 guys. And so, and as a result of being an RA, your room and board is gonna be cut in half. So in a matter of about three months, after I started tithing, the Lord takes care of half my tuition and half of my room and board. Let me tell you how good that news is to a Bible college student that's trying to fund his own education. You see, I, and I had to deal with all those guys. That was the bad part of it. I mean, I really like her, man. I like really like her. She's not even talking to me. Then look for somebody else, bro. Like, you know, can we just believe God for somebody else? I know she's the one. And they, they throw all the Bible stuff in it, right? The Lord's told me. I was in the prayer room. The, the, I saw her picture. The Lord's prophetically drawing me. Like, I've heard, of, I've heard of all these things, you know, like all this stuff, right? And I'm just like shaking my head like, dude, let's get real. She's not even looking at you, you know, like she's holding hands with another guy. I know, but the Lord told me that's going to end. The Lord told me, here's a verse, you know. All things come to an end. Does they find it somewhere and they're just going to show it to you and they're going to say, here it is. And I'm saying, dude, like, it ain't going to happen, man. Like, yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. The, God gets the blame for so many God told me things. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Um, so, I, honestly, honestly, why do I say Anyway, honestly... I, I, can't even, I can't even imagine, now I'm standing here many years later, thank you, many years later I'm standing here and, and I, can, I can honestly tell you I, I can't even imagine not tithing. I don't care where I am, whether I'm behind this pulpit or I'm an engineer somewhere, like I can't imagine not tithing. I can't imagine not sowing into the kingdom. I can't, I can't even imagine. So, so I have a couple thoughts here, and this is going to be purely introduction because it's, wow, later than I thought. So first of all, um, I, I can't imagine it because, first of all, my money is not my own. Um, and I'm a... I'm a, I'm a real competitive person. I'm like, I'm really low-key right now. But I, I am a real competitive person. And I love to win. Um, but I am compassionate. So every once in a while, I'll let you win. <laughs> Just because of the love that's flowing out of my heart. And so when I lose, it's all about the kingdom. Right? All right. And, uh, anyway. 
But I'm the kind of person that um, I won't let fear rule me. I, I try, when, when that comes up and I'm, I'm afraid, like I'm afraid of letting go and trusting God, I'm not going to let that dominate me. And I'm not going to let the balance in my checkbook control what's godly and what's not godly. So I, I'm pretty tenacious about trusting God enough to do what I believe he's telling me to do. So if I, can't, if I can't trust him with my finances, how can I trust him with eternity? I mean, think about it. Mean, I'm just talking, this is Greg, right? This is, this is, I'm not trying to impose anything on anybody in the room. I'm just saying that, that if I can't trust him with my, with my finances, his finances, then how can I trust him with my family? How can I trust him with, how can I trust him with eternity? Especially in the light of this whole idea and revelation that we've been growing in that he's a good father. So by sowing financially into his kingdom, then that's actually saying, Dad, I trust you with resources. You guys all right? And I won't allow putting myself first over my heavenly father and or over God's government. Um, I'm going to skip that part. I'd rather give 10% and wrestle with God for provision than withhold and not give him zero, or give him zero. I'd rather, does that make sense to you? I'd rather be faithful. I'm really big on this. I mean, life would be so much easier if we just kind of understand this little concept. Read the word, do what it says. Now, I know that you can get complicated with that, but just in light of it, we can save ourselves so much headache if we just read the word, and do what it says. I mean, I can search for, oh, you guys are going to love me for this. Say, PG, we love you. Just get it out there right now. PG, we love you. Just say it again. PG, we love you. I don't think I had a whole room in there. I, let's try it one more time. PG, we love you. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. Thank you. All right, I refuse to look for sermons that milk the word so I can get by with what I want to do. Or I'll take it up another, PG, we love you. Or for that matter, find a church that lowers the word so the congregation can feel comfortable. That's not a good leader. That's not a good spiritual leader. That's a, that's a person who's walking in compromise. And I refuse to do that. I refuse to do that with my own life. It's either his word is his word, either he's God or he's God, not God. His word is his word, 
and I'm supposed to rise up to that level because he's called me to, and he's given me the Holy Spirit to do it with him. He is my father in heaven. He's called me to these kinds of things to live in the realm of the impossible and that being natural. And you will find, I'm not here to condemn any churches. I'm not here to condemn any pastors. I'm, not, I'm just saying that that's not hard to do. You guys all right? I almost tripped over that. You guys still love me? Yeah? <clears throat> the other thing is, is I can't imagine not laying, this, I know this is a double negative, I probably shouldn't, I can't imagine, that double negative, can't not, I can't imagine not laying a foundation and a legacy of living under an open heaven for my kids and my grandkids. In other words, my faithfulness with my finances, I believe, has a rippling effect to my own kids and my grandkids. In other words, the favor of God that rests on me as the spiritual head and priest of my home has a rippling effect, at least an influence, because it's still they're going to be their choice, right? It's going to have a level of influence in the lives of my children and my grandchildren, and I also believe in my great-grandchildren. Because it does talk about generations in the Word. I can't imagine squeezing out heavenly resources, not just for me, but squeezing out heavenly resources in the sense of topping it off or tying it up or whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it, that would actually impact Jordan, Hannah, Lydia, and Andrew and their kids. Money's not that important to me. I'll just say, or money is that important to me, if you understand what I'm saying. So when I sow and I give by faith, believing, I actually create an open heaven, not over me and Wendy, but over my entire family. I'm just being, can I just be real with you? Well, people, t- you know, they, they'll, people try and figure out how to get out of it. Isn't that hilarious? Not really funny, but you know. <laughs> try and get out of it. Like it's a curse. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my. And, and even that, that, that thought puts God as someone other than good. It's like we cry out for revival, but I'm not going to invest in the kingdom. Say, PG, we love you. It's like Jesus said it like this. I don't know if you can get any clearer than this. 
if I can't trust you with righteous, with unrighteous mammon, how can I trust you with the true riches? But it's not a legalistic approach that Jesus is, anyway. It's all about him saying, I want to release the true riches. My heart is bent on releasing the true riches. This is my heart. But the test is, what do you, where to go? I knew I had some cash. The test is here. I didn't say that. He did. If we have issue with it, we've got to take it to the prayer closet. And if we understand the, the character and the nature of God, everything that God does gives. Everything, you guys, everything is a gift. Everything. Can you imagine him requiring us to sow into the kingdom of God and him being like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, I, oh just see what's going to happen to Greg now. Oh, my goodness, I can't wait to see him just fall into another ditch. Another financial crisis. Oh, this is good. Son, Holy Spirit, let's get all. The... That's as far as the east is from the west. So why do we have such a hard time? Maybe because we've seen abuses. That's still. Still. It doesn't. Well, maybe we've run out of money. Maybe, maybe we, we overbought. And always the first thing, and I've been tempted too, it's like, hmm, hmm, well, I got to pay PG&E. I got to pay water. I got to pay that mortgage. So maybe I'll just not pay my tithe. And usually that's the, first, that's the quote, easiest thing. Because they're not going to, you think in the natural, if you don't pay that PG&E bill, they're going to shut your power off. And if you don't pay that water bill, you got to keep that water running. And you don't want anyone calling you from the bank saying, where's the payment? Is that it right there? I'm just getting started. All right, we'll pick it up next week. And, and, I've, and I've, I've had that, that very real conversation. I mean, I've had conversations with the Lord, not recently. Conversations with the Lord, like, Father, can I take a year off of tithing? That's like taking your garden hose and with the water running, fold in half. Well, 
Lord, it says that we live in the New Testament and not the Old. So, here I am, I'm trying to get out of it. So, we live by grace. And the Lord would say something like this to me. Well, did Jesus come to fulfill the law? I don't want to talk about that. I just want you to hear what I'm saying. I say, yes, he did. Does grace exceed the law? Yes, it does. Did Jesus say, don't even look at a woman with lust in your heart? That's, that's, that's just as bad as adultery. Yes, he said that, and that's super hard. So I've, I've, I've been in that re- very real place. So I'm just, I'm just, I gotta wrap this up. I don't know how to wrap it up. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm reaching for my notes. No, Nehemiah's next week. Maybe Nehemiah's in the conclusion. Here it is. Here it is, and this is kind of confession time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Whose financial system do I trust more? His or Wall Street? Honestly. His or Wall Street? His or Wells Fargo? His or Fremont Bank? His or Chase? Where do all the resources flow from in my life? From the kingdom, from a good dad. I should never be, say, PG, we love you. That was really bad. It's going down. (laughs) The only time I'm fearful about or I get apprehensive about someone talking about money, is it when, it when it's in it for them. But I'll never speak about money as if it's in it for me. I just won't do it. If someone says, hey, PG, go, go raise 15000 for this, I will never pressure a congregation or a crowd. I can't live with myself if I did that. Honestly, I couldn't. But I can tell you from a place of open sincerity, it'd be foolish for me not to tithe. Because I've seen God's hand in my life and in the things that he has helped us build. If you would have told me, hey, Greg, where are you going to get $8.3 million to buy this building and build it out? I would say, I have no idea. So I could have said, so I'm going to hold on to everything I have or I can sow it into the kingdom. And I could tell you as an older person, for all you younger people, that God's economy works. Has it always been easy? No. Have I been tested? Yes. Have I been at the end of a month with more bills than cash? Yes. 
but I'm not going to cave in. I'm going to remain faithful. Because you know what? My life's not my own either. I'm his. My money is not my own. It's his. The stock you have is not your own. It's his. And every, say, PG, we love you. That was good. And we're just passing through this life. And I believe that how I steward the resources God gives me has everything to do with how I'll rule and reign with him throughout eternity. Can't have prosperity without connecting our resources to heaven. And I'm talking about the long term. Right? So you're in your 20s and you, you know, you're just starting off. Then you hit your 30s and you start getting, you know, usually married and have kids. Things get tight. Maybe not. And then you hit your 40s and your 50s, your kids start getting married. Right? You're going to weddings and, you know, and you're also going to funerals. Then you hit your 60s and you're looking at your legacy. You're looking at what, what am I going to leave behind? What have I done for the next generation? And you think of your family. You think of your kids. You think of your, you think of your wife. You think of your kids. You think of your grandkids. You know, you start, you start thinking about any, anyone older than just like where I'm at right now. I want to leave him with a, a level of influence and favor that could be passed down to the generations. I want to be able to say, you know what? Times were hard, but God always came through, and there's more than enough. And I live under an open heaven with integrity. And I'm here to, it's not here to make anyone feel bad. It's not here for, that's not my point. My point is, is that I want that for all of us. It's not worth it to me. I want either all of God or none of them. And I've chosen all. That's kind of a hard statement. But it's true. So he's a good, he's a good dad. He's for you and not against you. And the last final thought, because <clears throat> I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, I'll just release this. <clears throat> Over the last year and a half, especially since studying Ecclesia, like we have, we'll get back on that, tra- on that train this year, but studying Ecclesia and studying about, talking about God's government, talking about, and I, and I had this thought, and I, maybe you've already had this thought for years and years and years, I'm just a little slow on getting these things, but there's, a, there's been a growing conviction about who's gonna finance God's government. You see, you pay taxes to finance, finance the United States government. And the Lord asks us to give only 10% to finance his. 
who's going to finance the kingdom. There's not a lot, there's not a lot of amens on that. But it's just, a, it's just a growing thought. Like human government is hostile toward God and the gospel. Who else is going to finance the government of God unless it's his sons and daughters? That's our privilege. That's not a have to, it's a get to. It's a get to. In other words, I, he could do more with my 90%, which is actually his, with an open heaven than my 100%. Test me in this. Wow. Let's all stand. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. Just wanted to share my heart with you. And I know that I did say some portions of Scripture to make it legal, but I didn't, I didn't open it up. I'll just say this out of Nehemiah 13. Study verses 4 through, through 9. Nehemiah 13, 4 through 9. And just kick Tobiah out of, kick Tobiah, the enemy of God, out of the store, storehouses of God. So let's take a moment, let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. Some person said, bow your eyes and close your head. I heard that in a couple of sermons. I don't want you to close your head. <laughs> I want you to. How many are facing a, just a financial, I don't know. Let's just say you need a real breakthrough. And, and I just want you to lift your hand up and I, I want to pray for you. And you know, your father sees that. Your heavenly father sees that. Your heavenly father sees it. So father, we know that you're so good. Your goodness is unmatched. You want to give your, your kids, and you have given your kids gifts, and everything is a gift. Everything comes from heaven to earth, from the hand of a gracious and loving Father. So I pray, Lord, in these situations that you would provide, I just pray for miracles to take place. I just pray for miracles. I pray for financial breakthrough. Not for anyone else's gain, or it just because you love us so much. And you want us to be the head and not the tail. You want us to be the head and not the tail. So Lord, we just pray for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And I wanna take a moment and I wanna, I just wanna pray this. Father, I just wanna thank you for all the ones who have been faithful, who have sowed into the kingdom for decades. Father, I pray that you would continue to bless them, bless their sons and daughters, bless their grandchildren, their marriages, in the name of the Lord. And I pray that this year they will grow in greater levels of anointing for the true riches. Lord, for the things that earth cannot buy. We just pray for crippled people coming out of wheelchairs and, and diseases ending. God, we just... We just pray for signs and wonders and miracles and all the gifts of the Spirit to be released in power 
especially here in the Silicon Valley. We just release that over every person in this room. Yes, Lord. And you're, you're faithful even when we're not. You're so good. We're just so grateful that you're the God of abundance and you want to bless your kids. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. We hope that what was shared in this message will leave a lasting impact on your life and the lives of those around you. God bless. God bless.